uh, to be together to worship our great God. And so let's read these verses of Scripture as we uh, look to the Lord, asking that He would come by His Spirit and stir us up uh, to delight in who our God is. Let's read. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and sing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord. The majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes, and a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way, even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy. And sorrow and sign shall flee away. Well, this chapter in the book of Isaiah really is an incredible chapter. Uh, it is a promise of Messiah that was given through the prophet Isaiah over 700 years before the Lord Jesus appeared. And this passage describes the condition, first of all, of life apart from the saving work of Jesus. It is like a desert. Life is barren and lifeless. And a desert can be transformed only by one thing, and that is water. Only Water coming to a desert can change it from being a barren landscape to be a garden. 
And that's the picture of Jesus coming. When he comes to a person's life, to our hearts, to our homes, um, it, it's like a, a, a river coming to a desert. And instead of it being a barren wasteland full of sand, now uh, there are pools of refreshing water that enable uh, uh, vegetation to grow in abundance, lush, green, bearing fruit, a place where animals uh, and people can dwell together. The second thing we see in this passage is that the glory of God coming was what changed everything. And in verse 3, you see, Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come. The Lord comes to do two things. He comes to clean house, and he comes to save. And that's what the Lord Jesus is at work doing in our day. He's going to clean house, all the rats' nests um, he, he's dealing with. And he either does so by saving his enemies or crushing them beneath his feet. The Lord, when he appeared, did amazing works. He healed the blind. He gave hearing to those who were deaf. He even raised uh, lame people to be able to leap for joy. He even made dead people alive. And so this water that comes is living water, Jesus himself. And if you are trusting in Jesus by the grace of God, you have experienced that amazing work uh, of God giving you the joy of, because of Jesus' presence, he has made your life a little oasis in the midst of all the <clears throat> destruction and barrenness and death. He also describes the life of the Christian as having the joy of walking on God's highway. Uh, the, the pathway that we walk on is the highway of holiness. It is walking with Jesus, walking in Jesus, walking for Jesus. He is present with us by his spirit. He's the good shepherd. He takes us by the hand and he is leading us in his paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The description of walking on this highway uh, is thrilling. It says that the unclean are not going to have the privilege of walking there. Only those who are washed in the blood of the Lamb. And even though uh, we left to ourselves are 
uh, worse than little blind children. Uh, he describes uh, even fools uh, who are placed by the grace of God on that highway are kept. And oh, how sweet that is. When we understand who we are, apart from the grace of God, our hope is Jesus. His saving presence. His patient, gentle, kind hand upon us to love us and keep us. He protects us. And then the last thing we see in this passage is he sets our hearts to sing. He gives us joy. Not because our circumstances are always easy. For indeed, many times they are not in this fallen, messed up world. But we have a song of praise because of who our God is, because of his mercy and love to us, because he is at work in this fallen world, using us for his glory. And we have a glorious future. He is going to take us to glory someday. And he's going to wipe the tears from our eyes and welcome us home. Where there won't be any more sorrow or sickness or death or struggle or pain or conflict or brokenness or temptation or stumbling forever and ever. Praise God. May the Lord give us great joy this day to see afresh the beauty of our great God in giving his Son to be our Redeemer. Let's bow before the Lord. Father, we ask that you would come by your Holy Spirit this day and that you would open our eyes that you, Lord Jesus, would come by your Spirit and cause the river of life to flow afresh and anew, capturing us, overflowing us, causing us to drink deeply of you, Lord Jesus, by faith, trusting in you, delighting in you, being renewed to hope in you. Lord, give us uh, joy to turn our back on the world afresh. It's lies, it's temptations, and to give ourselves anew to you, O Lamb of God, to trust in you as a little child again this day. Lord, delighting that you are the one who alone can deliver us from the barren landscape of sin and death and hell. And in you, Lord Jesus, we have life and forgiveness and joy and blessing and the delight to walk in your paths. And so come and revive our hearts, Lord. And we ask if there be any who are apart from you, O oh Lord, that you would awaken them and draw them unto yourself to repent and believe in you 
the only Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. In his sweet and holy name we pray, amen. If you would turn with me in the Trinity Psalter to Psalm 52. Psalm 52, and those of you uh, who are listening uh, or on the internet, you can turn in your Bibles to Psalm 52, and you'll be able to notice as we sing this paraphrase of Psalm 52. Uh, the title of this psalm, um, there was in the life of King David uh, when he was fleeing for his life from King Saul. And he ended up in a village called Nob, and this village had priests in it. And David was fleeing for his life. He was starving. He was hungry. He was out of fuel. And he said, do you have anything to eat? Um, and he was given the showbread that had been used in the worship of Almighty God that normally uh, would have been just for the priests. Uh, but he was given that uh, to eat, he and his men. When King Saul um, sent word out, there was a very wicked, evil man by the name of Doeg the Edomite. Uh, Doeg was a man who had come from the land of Edom, the land of the descendants of Esau, unbelievers uh, who did not, loved the true and the living God, and Doeg the Edomite was a brutal pagan man. And he stepped forward and he told King Saul, I'll tell you where David was, and this wicked man viciously uh, accused Ahimelech, the priest who was in charge, uh, that he had willingly aided uh, uh, David. And King Saul was filled with rage and took men, uh, soldiers, and ordered his soldiers to slaughter all of the priests. They refused to do so. And Doeg the Edomite stepped forward again and said, well, I I'll be happy uh, to take care of business. And so when David heard about this, it just grieved his heart. Here was a man who was just a brutal, wicked, violent, hater of God and hater of God's people. And this psalm is David's prayer to God. Lord, see this man, deal with him, and save your people. Uh, there are doegs that have been turned loose in our day. And may God have mercy upon us. We cry to God to look down from heaven, to reach his mighty hand down, to deal with his enemies, and to save his little lambs. So let us stand together. We'll sing Psalm 
52, this paraphrase of Psalm 52. Let's lift our voices to the Lord. the last phrase of that psalm our hope is in the Lord and on his good name we wait what does it mean to wait well it means to hope to trust to follow to serve and the name above all names is the name of Jesus the name that we delight in, the name that we hope in, the name that we trust in is Jesus. Uh, he alone can wash our sins away. He alone can save us, can keep us, can help us. And so 178, there is no name so sweet on earth. It is the name of Jesus. Let's sing. There 
Let's bow before our gracious Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you this day praising and blessing you, the one true living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Lord, we come to present ourselves to you. You are worthy to be praised and loved and adored. Lord, we ask for your blessing to be upon us, that you would cause the river of life to come and flow in our own hearts, Lord Jesus, uh, that we would be delivered uh, from the horror and the tyranny and power of sin. Oh, Lord Jesus, you are the only one who can save us, and we acknowledge that and confess uh, our trust in you, O Lamb of God, we turn from all that is against you. Lord, repenting with sorrow. Uh, Lord, grieving uh, over, over our sin. And we run to you, Lord Jesus, and embrace you as our Redeemer. Uh, we depend upon your precious blood to wash our sins away. We Depend upon you to clothe us with your perfect life of obedience. Oh Lord, we thank you that you have justified us by your grace alone, through faith alone, in you, Christ Jesus alone. And the second we believed in you, you declared us right with you, the living God. Oh, how we praise your holy name. We thank you that you have adopted us, O oh Lord. Uh, that you have, in the Lord Jesus Christ, as you have drawn us to trust in him, you have given us the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That we have your name written upon us now. Uh, you place us in your family because you, Lord Jesus, have adopted us as your brothers and sisters. And we glory in you. We thank you that you are sanctifying us, that you are changing us more and more by your blessed spirit who lives in us uh, to uh, put off the remnants of the of the old sinful self more and more to die uh, uh, to the remnants of that old sinful man and to experience your resurrection power more and more. Oh Lord, we look forward to the day when you will take us home to glory. And Lord, our, our, our souls will be made perfectly whole and and free from the vestiges of sin and our bodies await that great resurrection day when you will come again in glory, Lord Jesus. And those who have died will be raised from the dead at your voice of command. And we who are alive, who are left, uh, will not go before them, uh, but you will then summons us to be caught up together in the clouds, to meet you in the air. And we will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. 
And so, Lord, we thank you that body and soul, we will be made perfectly like you, Lord Jesus, free from sin. Uh, our bodies will not grow old and, and wear out and decay. And so, Lord, we bless your holy name. Lord Jesus, you are the river of life. And we pray for your blessing not only upon us as individuals to experience that mighty work of, of your saving presence, but Lord, our families. Lord God, that you would come and that you would cause the river of life to flow uh, not only in our own hearts, but in our homes. And that, Lord, husbands and wives and parents and children and brothers and sisters and grandparents and grandchildren would know the power of your saving presence even more, Lord Jesus, to love you and to love each other and to be a blessing to each other in our homes. That, Lord, we would be uh, growing to experience more and more loving you and loving each other and serving you together. Lord, we ask that not only as individuals and families, but as the congregation of your people. Lord, this particular congregation in your church throughout this land and the other nations of the world, oh Lord Jesus, come. Uh, cause the river of life to, to flow and to capture us afresh. Lord, to be delighting in you, to know your presence, uh, to together have renewed hearts to worship you, to serve you in our ministry upward, and, and to love each other better and more. Uh, Lord, thank you for your mighty work that you have done and are doing. Cause us to grow in, in this one anothering ministry of caring for one another and praying for one another and encouraging one another and loving one another in you, Lord Jesus, and for you before watching world and use us as salt and light. Bless us, Lord, to spread the gospel. And then, Lord, not only as individuals and families and the congregation and your church, but Lord, we do cry to you that you would cause the river of life to flow in our land and that civil government might experience your saving presence, O Lamb of God. O Lord, contrary to the, the wicked uh, uh, dough eggs uh, like the CNN commentator this past week that scoffed and warned people uh, that uh, uh, Christian nationalists uh, are dangerous because they believe that uh, all of our rights come from you, God Almighty, the Creator. Lord, we gladly confess that indeed that is true. Oh, Lord, the rights that we have, that civil government is ordained by you, Almighty God, to secure and protect not provide, not produce. Lord, those rights come from you. And we beg, Lord, that you would cause the river of life to flow in our land, in the people 
uh, that, Lord, uh, people would confess, even in the realm of civil government, that Jesus is Lord and seek to honor your word again. We rejoice, Lord, uh, in the uh, Alabama Supreme Court ruling this past week that uh, little uh, uh, people, little babies that are brought uh, into existence through in vitro fertilization are, are little people, are human beings from the moment of conception and need to be loved and cared for and viewed with the dignity and respect because uh, we are made in the image of God. And Lord, we pray that you would deal with the doeks in our day that would seek to deny these precious truths. Oh Lord, we pray that you would deliver us from such wicked rulers. Lord, that you would reach down your mighty hand from heaven and you would cause the river of life to come, that you would come, Lord Jesus, and deal with your enemies, either by crushing them beneath your feet, uh, Lord, not by the hand of man uh, are we asking for these wicked rulers to be removed, Lord, your hand, either crushing them beneath your feet or saving them. Lord, it would be our joy for you to grant what you did in the days of Jonah in our land. That from the lowliest of us uh, to our leaders uh, who are full of arrogance and blasphemy. That Lord you would grant repentance and faith in you the only Savior. And so Lord cause the river of life to come. Come Lord Jesus we beg. And now bless us Lord as we continue to worship you. The true and the living God. Amen. Lord has given us the joy of looking at his word together. Please turn with me in God's holy word to the book of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, our text begins in verse 16 of Romans chapter 1. Uh, we will be looking especially at verses 28 through 32. Uh, this morning, but we want to begin reading in verse 16. Hear now the word of the living God. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that they have made, so they are without excuse. 
For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. And therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Thus ends the reading of God's very word. Let's pray. O Lord, we have heard your word read. It is the word of your mouth. We beg, Lord Jesus, that you would come by your spirit and you would preach your sweet gospel of life and hope to our hearts today, to my heart, to the hearts of each of these dear ones, and that, Lord, you would cause the river of life to come and to sweep in our hearts and lives and homes and congregation and workplace and in our play, in our academic pursuits, in every facet of our existence, including civil government. Save us, Lord Jesus, or we will perish. In Christ we pray. Amen. Today we want to continue looking at this passage of Scripture where the Lord reveals to us why we need the gospel. And we've seen in the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul was eager to come to Rome. He had never been there, and his purpose in wanting to come was to be present with these brothers and sisters in Christ so that they might mutually encourage each other in the Lord Jesus Christ. And 
in this first chapter, in verse 16 and 17, he declares, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And so then in verses 18, all the way down through the first half of chapter 3, the Lord is pressing upon all mankind our condition, our plight. We are a desert. And only Jesus can come and make us a little oasis. That's the bottom line. And he begins by focusing on those who are outright pagans. People who are outright pagans, we need the gospel. Now in chapter 2, he's going to turn and begin looking at well, what about the Jews? And as we'll see, they have the exact same problem that the pagans do. Uh, they've dressed it up and pretended that they don't, but the Apostle Paul is going to reveal that they have the exact same problem that I do and you do apart from the grace of God, that we are fallen in Adam and we all have the sin problem. We've seen in chapter 1 that God's wrath is being revealed presently. And the reason for that just anger of Almighty God is because all men and women and boys and girls take the truth about God that God has clearly revealed to every person who has ever lived or ever will live, God confronts everyone with the truth that he is God and that he made this world. Every molecule, every atom in the universe has God's fingerprints on it. God has displayed the irrefutable evidence and the heavens declare the glory of God. Every molecule in the universe is shouting, God Almighty made me, and God Almighty made you, and we owe him our love and obedience and devotion and praise. What does mankind do apart from the grace of God with that truth that God made us? The wickedness of men suppress the truth about God and deny God his honor and his thanks as we were created to give. And because of that, God's wrath is being revealed. And we've seen the description of that wrath. Professing to be wise, 
They became futile in their thinking in verse 21. Verse 22, they became fools. God turns people over. They exchanged the glory of God for, uh, for the creature. God gave them up to degrading passions. And we looked at that last Lord's Day. In verse 24, and 26, and 28. Therefore God gave them up. He judges sin with more sin. God gave them up to a debased mind. And so we come to our text now. Uh, and here we have a list now, you might ask the question, why does God put lists like this in the Bible? Because it's not an encouraging list. Look at it. Look at verse 28. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. That's not very encouraging. Why did God record this for us? Let's keep reading. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give hearty approval. To those who practice them. They're cheering others on to join with them in this life of destruction and hate and rebellion. Why has God recorded such things in the Bible for us? Well, uh, we're going to look at several passages of Scripture because the first thing I want you to see is that these... This list in Romans chapter 1 is not unique in the New Testament. There are a number of other places we could go to find similar lists. And I just want you to be thinking now, why has God recorded these lists for us? Why? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 15. And here the Lord Jesus was exposing the hypocrisy and wickedness and sin of the Pharisees. The men who, when Jesus walked on this earth, uh, were the a group of people in the Jewish nation that had stepped forward and said, we are the holy ones. We're the cream of all of God's people. And here's what the Lord Jesus said to these men. In verse 7, You hypocrites, 
Rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person. But what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. And then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, explain the parable to it, to us. And he said, are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to walk, to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. And so the context was the Pharisees had come up uh, with a rule that you needed, if you really want to be right with God, you had to pray this particular man-made prayer before you ate a meal and ceremoniously pour water over your hands as you said that prayer. And the disciples of Jesus weren't doing that. And they confront Jesus. Jesus, do you know that your disciples are breaking the tradition of the rabbis? They are refusing to pray this prayer and have this water poured over their hands ceremoniously before they eat. Uh, The reason I'm going through all of that, this is not an argument that you can use when your mama tells you to wash your hands before you eat. Uh, That's a different purpose, okay? Uh, The Pharisees were doing it for a religious purpose as a mechanism by which they could claim, I am now right with God. This makes me pleasing to God. And Jesus pulls the curtain back and exposes and says, No, this man-made ritual cannot make you right with the living God. The only thing that can make you right with the living God is you need to have your heart changed and cleansed. And only the Lamb of God can do that. Only Jesus can cause a wicked heart to be cleansed and transformed to be a heart that instead of hating God and is breaking God's holy commandments, a heart that delights in God and loves God and loves your fellow man as God defines love. That's what Jesus is saying. 
And in that context, he gives us another of these lists. Did you notice that? Here's another of these lists of ick. Why does God record lists of ick in his word? It's not for us to wallow in them, but it is for us to see what life apart from God is and produces so that we will turn to Jesus and embrace him and experience forgiveness and life and grow in him to be children of light, to experience being that oasis in the Lord Jesus Christ where instead of living in the wilderness of sin, the desert and barrenness and brokenness and death and hatred and all of the perversions of mankind, we experience the saving presence of Jesus, the Lamb of God. Let's turn over to the book of Galatians. And we're going to look at another list. In Galatians chapter 5, here we see in verse 16 and following of Galatians chapter 5, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. We're no longer under the condemnation that comes from God's righteous holy standard, His law. Uh, when we are held up to God's yardstick, uh, the Ten Commandments is the summary of what God requires of every man, woman, boy, and girl. That's the reflection of God's holy, righteous character. When God tells us, for example, in the ninth commandment, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Tell the truth. What is God revealing to us? He's telling us that he is a God of truth and therefore he wants us to tell the truth. And when I tell a lie, I am attacking the very character of God. I'm telling God, I don't like the way you are. I hate you. That's what we are saying to God Almighty when we lie. The fifth commandment, when we disobey our parents, we are not only disobeying our parents, but we are shaking our fist in the face of God, saying, God, I refuse to acknowledge that you are in charge. And I don't like you. I want to be in charge. I want to do my own thing. You see, that's what it means when it says you are not under the law. It doesn't mean that the Ten Commandments are set aside. It means that we are no longer under the judgment that comes from breaking the law of God. 
And look at the list that is given now to help us understand that. Look at verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident. And so here we go. We're going to have another list of ick. Why does God record these lists? It's not to discourage us, although sin does discourage. It's not so that we would get down and wallow in it and glory in it. No, but it is so that we would see reality that apart from the grace of God, here's the barren desert that life is. Here's what I would be apart from the grace of God. Here's what I am apart from the grace of God. Oh, how I need Jesus. How you need Jesus. Because he's the only one who can deliver us from being and thinking and living this way. Look at verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. There's no condemnation against living in the Spirit. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Let's look at another list. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Here the Apostle Paul is writing to young Timothy, his young ministerial student, and he says, Son, I love you. Here's what you're going to face. It's going to be tough. But God will be with you, and you just remember those who have gone before you. Remember your mama. Remember your granny who taught you the gospel. Remember me, and keep holding fast to the truth of Holy Scripture. And so, in verse 1, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Look down in verse 10. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch. 
at Iconium, at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Let's look at another list. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Here's another list of ick. <laughs> and why does God record these lists? It is to show us the reality of sin, the awfulness of sin, that sin is the breaking of God's holy commandments so that we would repent and turn to Jesus. So that we would keep repenting. And keep holding fast to Jesus, the only Savior, the only one who can give us a taste of heaven. He comes and makes our lives, our homes, our congregation, to whatever degree people are loving Jesus and glorying in him, a little oasis in this barren, messed up, fallen world. That's why God has recorded these things. It is to identify sin so that we will repent and believe in Jesus. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, neither fornicators nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. It's another list of ick. Why has God recorded it? It is so that we would see the reality and awfulness and content of sin and turn from it to Jesus. Look at verse 11. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Well, there are other lists we could look at, but we're only going to look at one more. And that's in Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. And here we have another list. Down in verse 8. Okay? And we're going to read verse 8, but then we're going to go back and read the verses before. Because notice there's a little word at the beginning of verse 8. But. Okay? So here we have a contrast. We have two things that are being contrasted. Look at verse 8. But as for the cowardly, 
the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Where do people who give themselves to the works of the flesh, who continue to deny the truth of God and refuse to honor God and give thanks to God, what happens to them? Well, they end up being consumed with sin. They are full of hate and destruction in this life and in the life to come. They end up in the lake of fire. You don't want to go there. I promise you. Uh, but the only way to avoid being in the lake of fire is in this life to turn from all that is against God and to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ as your Redeemer. To confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. If you do that, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, God Almighty says you will be saved. That's why God has recorded this. Now I want you to look at the contrast. Cowards are going to be in the lake of fire. Those who know here's what I ought to be, here's what I ought to do, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid what it'll cost me. I'm afraid what other people will say. But as for the cowards, their part will be in the lake of fire. As for the faithless, those who refuse to embrace the Lord Jesus, the detestable. You know, I, I, it boggles my mind that in Tazewell County, in the public school system, there are actually schools that have allowed kitty litter to be placed in the school for students who identify as a cat. But that's where we are. May God have mercy upon us. We, 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 we are so far down the road of unbelief. Oh, how we need Jesus. As for murderers, the, the, the nursing student that was murdered this past week in Athens, Georgia, was murdered by a man supposedly that was an illegal immigrant who came into this country illegally. He was arrested for a violent crime against a child in New York and the godless, wicked prosecutor in New York let him go. The lake of fire awaits. The lake of fire awaits those who think we don't need Jesus. We don't need his Ten Commandments. We don't need his word. All the rights that we have come from man. 
That's why God has recorded these lists of ick is so that we as individuals and families and a congregation so that our nation would run to Jesus and confess Oh, Lord, I don't want to live against you. I don't want to break your holy commandments. Lord Jesus, save me. Lord Jesus, wash me in your precious blood. That's why God has recorded. And this list in Romans chapter 1 is just like it. Now, we're going to have to wait until we get over to chapter 3 for the Apostle Paul to bring the wondrous good news to bear. And I jumped ahead. Okay? But I wanted you to see from the rest of these passages of Scripture why God puts these lists in His Word. And that's what's going on in Romans 1. Look over in chapter 3, and we'll close with this. Verse 19, now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight since through the law comes knowledge of sin. All of these lists have to do with breaking God's holy, righteous commandments, living against the character of God. And God has recorded these things so that we would see our sin and we would repent and run to Jesus and believe in him and experience life, forgiveness, blessing. God justifies us when we believe in Jesus by his grace. He adopts us. He's sanctifying us, and someday he's going to glorify us. And so what is your condition this day? Are you in the desert? Or by the grace of God, are you enjoying the river of life, the oasis? Which is it? Your home. Is your home a place of, of delight and joy because Jesus is there with his saving presence and you have joy and harmony and when you stumble, you, you are able to forgive each other and press on? Or is it a barren wasteland? Oh, how we need Jesus. Our congregation, what's going to enable us to love each other? What is going to enable us to worship together and serve together and spread the gospel and see this place of Tazewell County turned upside down for the Lord Jesus Christ? And up in Bluefield and Richlands and then over in West Virginia and south of us, that it would just spread and spread. What's going to do that? Only the river of life, only Jesus' saving presence can deliver us from being a pile of sin. That's why God has recorded these lists for us. Oh, how we need Jesus in our hearts, in our homes, in our schools, in the workplace, when we play, 
in civil government, only Jesus can save. Love him. Cling to him. Hold fast to him. Do not let anybody deceive you that there is any good anywhere else apart from the Jesus of the Bible, the real Jesus, the Jesus who came and took on human flesh and who lived a sinless life and died on the cross and has been raised from the dead and ascended up into heaven and is seated at the Father's right hand. Ruling until all of the enemies of God are made a footstool for his feet. And who will come again in glory. It's that Jesus and that Jesus alone that can save you and me. That's why God has recorded these lists. Run to Jesus. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Write it upon our hearts. Bless now as we continue to worship you together this day. In Jesus we pray. Amen. If the ushers will please come and wait upon us, we'll continue to worship the Lord with the giving of his tithes and our offerings. <clears throat>